0: Hi, it's Jackie from the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide. As we work on brand new content coming soon, I wanted to share a few of our most popular episodes that are perfect for summer listening. And we'll be back soon with a whole new season. Happy summer. In an informal poll taken in the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide group, 85% of women rated the importance of friendship a four or five on a scale of one to five. Kelly says it's most important after family. And Lagaya says, friends are the family we choose. So a friendship is so important. Why are so many women feeling disconnected and disappointed when it comes to making and deepening friendships? In this episode, I talk with Nina Lorez Collins, who's made it her business to cultivate friendship both online and in person. We talk about the difficulties we face as women in friendships and share some really exciting ways we're partnering to create connection with women like you. I'm Jackie McDougall, and this is the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide. Hey there, I'm using this spot, usually reserved for one of my amazing sponsors, to say hello. If you are new to the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide, welcome. Hit the favorite or follow button, and let's have some fun together. If you've been here before, welcome back. Can you please do something for me? Can you share this show with three friends? It is my personal mission to help more women than ever become the most badass, grown-ass version of themselves. And by sharing the podcast and any of the 150-plus episodes I've produced, we collectively will be one step closer. Thank you so much. Now back to the show.
1: I wanted to talk with my friends specifically about aging. It was funny, at the time I was 46 and I was having these perimenopausal symptoms. And most of my friends are older than I am, at least in New York where I live. You know, most people have kids in their 30s. So when I was 23 and had my first baby, most of my friends were like 30 having their first babies. And so my friends have always been kind of five to 10 years older than I am. And suddenly I was having perimenopausal symptoms and I was like, why the fuck did no one tell me this was going to happen? Like I'm 46, <laughs> my friends are like 50, 52, 55. Why, why has no one told me about this?
0: When Nina Lorez Collins was feeling like she needed something more from her friendships, she didn't get mad. She got creative. In 2015, Nina grabbed a small group of her friends and created What Would Virginia Woolf Do? A private Facebook group for women over 40 to connect in a meaningful way.
1: I created it in some ways to fill a gap that I was experiencing in my friendships. I invited all these women onto the platform and we started having these more intimate conversations in a way than we were having in real life. And then I met all these new women. I've met, if not thousands, you know, certainly hundreds and hundreds of new women and made lots of real friendships through it.
0: But Nina's group did not stay small for long. With over 30,000 members, she decided to leave Facebook in 2019 and create a more intimate space, and rebrand as The Wolfer. Two years later, in the summer of 2021, Nina joined forces with Revel, a community for women over 40 who want more in their next chapter. I think you and I both can relate to that. We'll talk more about Revel later in the episode and how you and I can connect there. But first, I wanted to better understand the challenges of friendship over 40. Have your friendships changed? And if so, how? Since turning 40 and beyond.
1: Oh, I, I love this subject so much in the community. What would Virginia Wolf do? And the Wolfer and Revel, it's all been about friendships, right? I think what I've noticed about friendships as I've gotten older is, I'm sure you relate to this. I feel like when we're in our twenties and thirties, it's a different kind of socialization. As I've gotten older, I know who to go to for what. So I know which friend to call if I'm thinking about having an affair. If I'm really mad at my kids, if I want someone to give me financial advice. Like I have lots of close friends who I really, really love, but I know who to go to for what thing. Like, do you know what I mean? So in right. some ways, my friendships are almost more, uh, I love bringing people together, but there is a kind of segmentation that has happened as I've gotten older
0: do you think that you have changed? Like when I was in my twenties and thirties, maybe I would have expected that one person ticked a lot of boxes. And so now you start to see like, she's really good at this and this is what she enjoys and this is where we connect. And, and the expectation that one person doesn't have to fill all of these needs in friendship, that we can find different people for that.
1: I think that's really smart. And it's a, it's a, byproduct of just maturity also and kind of wisdom we have as we get older, right? We just kind of like we see with relationships, like one love relationship is not going to satisfy all needs. But when we're younger, I think we do have more of those hopes. So when I think back to some of the girlfriend relationships that failed or fell apart when I was younger, which is something I think people don't talk about enough, how normal that is, how common that is, but probably some of it was due, probably a lot of it was due to kind of unrealistic expectations of those relationships, right? Like you think someone's going to be everything. As you get older, you just realize, you know, none of us is perfect. Friendships are limited in various ways because I don't mean it in a Machiavellian way at all. Like It's not like I get what I want from each person and then I move on, but like you do do know, you know, you're just more realistic about it.
0: I have lower expectations of other people. And so I think I used to probably have unreasonable expectations of people and that they were supposed to like fill these needs
1: in me. (laughs) No, this is so smart. You're completely right. Like that's a really interesting revelation about getting older. Yeah. That you have lower expectations of people. It's It's a good point.
0: Full confession. Let's be honest. Even some of the best of friends have struggled over the past couple of years causing miscommunication and sometimes even, dare I say it, ghosting. I think over the past two years, people are just overwhelmed. And if you text me and you're like, oh, I saw this movie and I wanted to share it with, or whatever it is, and I'm not in the headspace to like banter back and forth about whatever it is that you want to talk about, maybe I don't answer, or maybe you don't answer. And one of the things they talked about in this podcast was not taking it personally. Not taking so, it
1: personally, which is yeah. huge. Yeah. I don't take stuff like that personally at all. I mean, I think that's another lesson of getting older is like, that most of the time people aren't really thinking about you. Like it's not about you most of the time. (laughs) People have a lot of other stuff going on. And you know the difference between like if someone doesn't answer a text or two, like I could care less if someone doesn't answer a couple of my texts. You know when someone's ghosting you, when someone like doesn't like you anymore, doesn't want to be around you. Trying to think when was the last time How do you know the difference? Well, I'm trying to remember (laughs) when I was last ghosted. I had a friendship in my 40s where she basically like made it clear she did not want to be my friend anymore. We didn't really have like a big falling out. It was a weird situation our kids were like youngish and she had a house in Martha's vineyard, like a family house. And we always rented a house in Martha's vineyard. And we ended up renting the house by accident next door to her. Um, because it just worked for us. we had dogs and we, we had certain needs and this house was like perfect for us and I was like, oh, it's next door to you and I thought like that'll be okay but it wasn't like I wanted to like have dinner with her every night. I was just like, this right. is where it is. But I think it really pissed her off. It felt invasive. I don't really know why she didn't want to be friends with me anymore. actually we never had like a real but she kind of ghosted me. She like just was like really, Cold and not nice to me, and it was clear. I was like, Huh, this woman just doesn't like me anymore. And I always thought she was kind of cool. Anyway, it's been a long time since that's happened, but I don't know. I just don't take as much as like personally anymore. And also, I guess I also feel now in my 50s, it's I feel the same way with romantic relationships. Like, if someone doesn't want to be with me, I I don't want to be with them either. Like, that's not fun. Like, if someone, you know what I mean? Like, if it's not a good fit, it's just not a good fit. I'm kind of more okay with it. Like, I don't think it would hurt my feelings as much these days. So,
0: have you ever broken up with a friend like an actual breakup?
1: I have. I can think of two in my like real adult life, two like mom friends, you know, friends who we traveled with and their kids were friends with our kids and One of the breakups was really around my divorce. And I think that's not uncommon where it was a situation where we had been couple friends. And I think when I was in my social circle, one of the first to get divorced, my oldest was 12 and I was like 37. So I think that's like a little young. A lot of the divorces start to happen a little older. And I think it's really destabilizing for the people in your social life, right? It makes people worry about their own marriages. It makes them wonder like... They don't want to really deal with like you being the new single mom who's out dating. Like it's just all threatening in a lot of ways. So we had a breakup. I just felt like she was really, it was one of these situations where she reported things I said to her husband who reported them to my husband. And I also felt like it, I had more money than she did. And my divorce, there was a settlement and she was really, I thought, very mean about money and privilege. And like, I felt like she was kind of jealous. I don't know. I felt very unsupported. And like, she was super angry at me and it was, it was ugly. Like she had been one of my like closest friends. And then I had wow. one a little earlier than that with, that was a different kind of breakup. I'd say it was more around judgment around our kids. Our, our girls were friends and she, this, this particular friend was Catholic. And I felt like she had a lot of judgment around, you know, those parenting dilemmas moms get into like judging about bedtimes or what you allow them to yeah. do or yeah you know, girls and like what they can wear. And I felt like there was a lot of stuff like that with our girls. Then I also felt like she had a kind of, she would like subtly tell me I was fat. Like there was kind of weird competition stuff, but you know, like I think I'm sure from her perspective, I think she also felt like I was doing that to her, you know? So I I mean, these are always, it's always goes both ways, right? These were both friendships that, just reached, in both cases, reached places where we were just not being good to each other. And it just seemed like we should just move on. And in both cases, I will say now that I'm in my fifties, I'm cordial with both these women. I've had kind of one's husband died and I went to the service. The other one and I had drinks a couple years ago. I think it's awful to um, burn bridges. You know, I don't, I don't want ugliness in my life. So they were both like sad endings, but it's fine. Some relationships are not meant to last forever.
0: Right. I had one in my thirties. She was a lot of work. She came into my life at a time where I was partying and I was having a great time turning 30 and, you know, sex in the city was hot. And so we were just like living in LA though. And the four sex in the city, LA girls, you know, Yeah. and but she was always a lot of work. Yeah. You know, those people. And ultimately I got engaged and she asked me not to talk about my engagement because it made her feel bad. Mm. And I was like, Okay. And then (laughs) I got pregnant. It just, it went away. I I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't be monitoring everything that I'm doing in all of my life milestones to make you more comfortable. And then, you know, Facebook, right? So we didn't have Facebook back then. So then Facebook comes in and then we get back into each other's worlds and I very quickly re- realized, oh yeah, that was the right thing to do was to break up with her. <laughs> Cause it, you know, ultimately we are no longer connected on Facebook either because she's just not
1: for me. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it's just, it just was not right anymore. Yeah. I, I have one long-term friend in my life. Who's like that. Who's just a lot of work who for years and years and years I spoke to almost every day. And at some point I decided There's this kind of maxim or truism, or I don't know what the word is that I learned from coaching when I did a coaching certificate like five or six years ago, most of which I felt was kind of like silly, but there were a few things I really took from it. Mm -hmm. And one is that question of like looking at situations or looking at ways you're handling things and saying like, how does this serve me? And that's what just popped into my mind. This was a friendship where I started to just feel like I'm spending a lot of time on this and I'm not sure it's really serving me anymore. And, but we're still, again, like we're still in each other's lives. She feels like family to me, but I am no longer servicing that relationship in the way that I used to for a long, long, long time. And and yeah. she's not either. We just kind of like, I just decided this was too much. It was too much work.
0: Yeah. Before recording this episode, Nina and I both listened to a podcast called Speaking of Psychology. There was an episode entitled, Why Is It So Hard for Adults to Make Friends? In the episode, psychologist and friendship expert, Dr. Marissa Franco shared several facts on friendship, like, Loneliness is as toxic for our bodies as 15 cigarettes a day, and our social connection actually matters more than our diet and exercise. Kind of blew my mind with that. In the episode, Dr. Franco also cited two key ingredients for creating organic friendships. Number one, continuous unplanned interaction, and number two, a shared vulnerability. And she also recommends initiating friendship by putting ourselves out there. Nina agrees.
1: Do you think it's hard for adults to make friends? I do think it's hard to make new friends. Kind of like online dating, it requires curiosity and a willingness to be really open. And sometimes as people get older, there's a kind of way in which we shut down, which we should work on. I think it's really important to be curious and be open. One of my favorite things I'm always reminding my kids is like, you just don't know what's around the corner. None of us do. Like, you don't know if you say yes to something, what that might lead to. If I had gone out with that woman this weekend, like I, who knows? But you know, I'm sure that would have been a rich experience in all sorts of ways. I was just too tired. But I think the more we say yes, the better.
0: I, I tell my kids the same thing: but new ideas and experiences and passions don't show up at your door. You That's know? right. They don't ring That's the doorbell, right. and so you do have to say yes. Oftentimes, I'm in my pajamas by six thirty, seven o'clock every night. So you know, <laughs> wow. But if you want <laughs> to invite, no, I'm it doesn't mean I'm in bed. I just, I'm like in that I've checked out, you know? Yeah. So maybe I'm doing some work, maybe I'm watching Netflix or whatever. But one of the things is like, if you're going to invite me somewhere, can you make it brunch or at least early evening? <laughs> <You know? laughs> There's no chance in hell I'm going to something at nine o'clock. Like it's not happening. At 50 now, I don't really seek out a lot of friendships, like new friendships. Mm-hmm. And at the same time. I appreciate when I meet someone, you and I have had this, you know, we get on a, a, a Zoom call to talk business and we just, you we can know, just talk yeah. and just talk about everything from families to relationships and all of that. And so I really value that when I meet someone new, it's, it's kind of the ideal spot, right? I'm not necessarily quote unquote, looking for new friendships. Right. And at the same time, I'm so open to finding them.
1: Yeah, I struggle with it because I meet so many women in the community that I really like. And there's that question of like, how much room do I have for new yeah. relationships? And yet I also like, I, I love it when I meet someone, I, I find people's stories so fascinating and I learn so much from the new relationships I make. So I guess I've gotten kind of comfortable with this idea of like fluidity and space. And I, I really can accommodate a lot of connection in my life. And, but it's true. I do like, I'll meet women in the community who want to like do things with me. Like one woman texted me this weekend and she was like, let's hang out. And I was like, oh, she's so nice. And she's so cool. But I don't know if I have room really right now for that, you know?
0: Well, especially because the work that you're doing is very community based. I have a finite amount of energy so I can connect and I give so much of myself. Yeah. That sometimes I'll get to the point and I'm like, oh no, I'm just home with my family, just shutting it all down. Like, exactly. My, my connection meter is full. I can't yeah. do it
1: anymore. I, I totally relate to that. And lately, I'm also working really, really hard, and it's COVID and it's New York and it's gray. And I've gotten into this routine partially from COVID, which I'll have to come out of, where really all I want to do is like work and watch Netflix and like mm. make a green bowl. And like it's like I feel very and see my boyfriend and deal with my kids, but I don't feel like going out and having drinks every day. But I'm sure that will change. Right, right.
0: One of the things for me in making new friends is finding activities that I've always wanted to do and then finding other women who might be interested in trying those.
1: Oh my God, wait, Jackie, did you say that on purpose? <laughs> Because that is literally, that's how I use Revel. It's what I tell people all the time. Even though I work there, I genuinely use it for that. So like this winter, I really want to roller skate and ice skate more in general. I bought fabulous new like rainbow colored roller skates. They're awesome. And ice skates. And so I create like almost every week, every 10 days this winter, I've been creating an ice skating event on Revel where I say like, I'll be at Prospect Park or I'll be at Woman Rank at, from seven to eight on this day come join me. And women show up and we skate together. And I say, like, if I didn't create the event, I would never go. I'd be like, oh, I'm working or oh, I'm having dinner with my boyfriend. But because it's there on my schedule and I've committed and other women are going to show up, it forces me to go. Or like I created a MoMA exhibit the other day. I love to go see art and I always want to see more of it. But it's, again, hard to get myself organized and get out there. So I create events on Revel for things I really want to do. And then women who have similar interests show up and we have a really good time and I make connections and it's very enriching. So it is that thing about stepping out of your comfort zone and and figuring out what it is you want. In fact, I say to people all the time about Revel, like what's what's the wildest event you can imagine creating? Or like, say you want to have a conversation about I don't know, something deadly boring, like long-term care insurance or planning your daughter's wedding, you know, and maybe you want to meet some new people to talk about these things with, like you can go on Revel and like pick a cute picture and create an event and be like, come join me to have these conversations. And women will show up and they're interesting and smart. And it feels expansive, you know, having those interactions.
0: There are two things that I hear in that. Number one, don't expect the people in your life, your current friends, to want to do all those things. They think it's lovely that you're planning a wedding for your daughter and at the same time are not really interested in discussing it every time you talk. Right. Or they're not necessarily interested in discussing long-term healthcare or uh, estate planning,
1: you know? So, right. Or maybe you're getting divorced and like no, no one else in your life is getting divorced right now. And you actually need to find some friends who are in that same space. Like we always need people in the space that we're in, right? not always going to be their friends.
0: Absolutely. So it's twofold, right? Not having the expectations of the people in your life that they're going to fill the need that you have. And I want to talk more about rebel going over and creating something. So if you want to go for a hike in your neighborhood within X amount of miles of your house and you create that and you share that, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of this app because you can actually find people in your area. And this is what's different. Like, I love that it's sort of like meetup, and Facebook groups and all of mm-hmm. it together, but you can find people in your area. When I first logged on, like a few months ago, now it's hopping, but I found all of these people in my own community and people I'd never heard of. Yeah. And so well, that's and what I think is so important that it's not yeah. the people who are like, you know, how there are people in your community and they're on Facebook and everyone knows them, but you're not really friends with them. These are women who are genuinely interested in making connections and attending and hosting events together. And so it's a totally different vibe.
1: And also weirdly, I know this sounds very Pollyanna-ish, but I'm telling you, they're like really smart and interesting. Like, I wouldn't (laughs) say this if it wasn't true. I'm always really surprised. I I think I've been saying this for a few years, but it's really rare I go to an event and dislike someone or really feel like, oh, this is not, there's nothing interesting here for me. Like I meet really interesting people all the time which is amazing. I mean, I don't know if that's because we're somehow, I don't know. It's just because there are a lot of really great women in the world. And the more you kind of open yourself up to it, you realize like my MoMA event the other day, I met this amazing woman who was a principal at a middle school in Harlem and she was older than I was. And at first glance, I thought, oh, she seems nice, but you know, whatever. Again, like how many friends can I have? But then we started talking a little and she was telling me how she had adopted a kid a student in her school whose mother had died, the student, her mom died when she was 11. And this woman had taken her in with the rest of her family. And it was like this incredible story. And the more she talked, the more I was drawn in and impressed. And now I'm like dying to see her at another event. So yeah, it's great to have that kind of, again, because I think the word, it's expansive. Like we want... And I guess another point to that story is you have to be willing to be vulnerable in order to connect and make new friends. You have to tell those stories so that people understand where you're coming from. And then, and then things happen from that, right? Do
0: you find that the women who come on to Revel and who create and attend events are more willing to give of themselves than maybe someone you would meet uh, randomly at a party?
1: I don't think so. I think that our population probably reflects the larger population and you just have a range of different types. Like one of our business challenges on Revel is to get women to host events. Like 80% or so, maybe 85% of our events are member generated. Mm -hmm. And then another 15% are kind of Revel HQ, things like that I organize basically. It's always a challenge to get more women to host because that takes different skills, right? You have to be a little bit more courageous, a little bit more willing to open up, a little bit more willing to reach out. And I found this in what would Virginia Woolf do and the Woolf are also, we've always had a big number of women who are essentially voyeurs who come in to read and to watch and to see what's going on, but they're shy and they don't necessarily want to put themselves out there. So no, I think it's a combination like any place else. But I do think to your point that we've created a culture and I'm still, we're still in the process of doing this at Revel, but we certainly created that the Wolfer, a culture where vulnerability was assumed and expected and encouraged so that when I meet Wolfers who I've never met before or now Revelers, there's always a kind of surprising um, amount of assumed intimacy, like a very comfortable kind of, like no one's going to be surprised if I talk about Sex or money or depressed children, because these are the things that we know we can talk about in the community online. And that's part of what's like the magic of growing community, right? Is how do you create that kind of intimacy and and feeling of safety with strangers, which is what we've done.
0: Right. And I think it's so important and kind of rare to be able to talk about things like that. So I went to your Monday night sex chat. You know, I know it's hosted by different people on Mondays and The level of authenticity and vulnerability, and people just wanting to have a better sex life, yeah. And it started from you, right? Because, yeah,
1: yeah, we started it actually. It was a Wolfer, though, who suggested it. There's this woman, Pam Radke Russell, who is a writer and lives in New Orleans. And she, this is like probably two years ago, she sent me an article. I think it was on Medium by some sexologist. And the thesis was the more we talk about sex, the better sex we have. And she sent it to me and she was like, can we create a sex group? And I was like, sure, let's create a Monday night sex chat group. Um, And so for two years, I ran it every Monday night from eight to nine Eastern. And I would list topics, but I would always say like, it's very loose. Like the topic tonight will be anal sex or toys or sex with younger people. But if you come and you want to talk about something else, just bring it up. It was a very informal room. And typically we have around somewhere between 20 and 50 women show up on Zoom. And it's been fantastic. And sometimes I would bring special guests and some people would come regularly. And then there were always like different people who would just drop in and out. Everyone has different hosting styles. I'm a very informal host. So I don't care if you RSVP and don't come. For some events, we have like homework. I don't care if you don't do the homework, if it's book club and you don't read, like I'm just very loose and different people have different rules, which is all great. But so Monday night sex chat is a room that is pretty relaxed and safe and very, very candid. And then after about doing it for two years, I was worried I was a little stale. Like I was saying the same things over and over again. So I took a break this, I think of it as a semester for these first three months of 2022, I've put in different experts every week who are running it. Um, and then I'm sure I'll go back to it because I do love it. And so I, and like everything we do on rebel, like I personally find it edifying and helpful. Like it helps me with my sex life. I I ask questions and get answers and get inspiration and all that.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I found really interesting was that there were people like you who are dating, you know, you're, you're in a relationship with one boyfriend, uh, Mm -hmm. partner and then there are people, there were people like me, I've been married for almost 20 years. And then there are people who are, um, single. Oh yeah. Everyone and, gay, and curious and, and
1: gay and, you poly, know, just... a lot of poly people like that is really, it's funny. I, I, my boyfriend keeps saying that polyamory, he doesn't say it's a myth, but he's like, it's not really something people do that much. I'm like, you are wrong. There are <laughs> Lots of women living a poly lifestyle. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. So it's really interesting to come into these rooms and to like, leave your judgment at the door. And listen because it, it does give you a sample of what is happening, you know, in our communities and, and with our friends and things like yeah. that. And it's so amazing to be able to talk about some of these things. So what are some of the other member generated events that maybe you've gone to or that you've seen, even if you haven't gone?
1: So many, like right now there's a crypto club. There's obviously meditation. There are things like Spanish conversation. We have tons and tons of writing events. I think we had 370 writing events last year. Someone did a cooking class, like how to make rugula last week that apparently was very popular. Here's a hair loss talk, hair loss and wig talk, which is a good idea. Then there are like cocktails, like cocktails with Jenny at the Ritz Carlton and whatever. Some of the
0: events are in real life and some of the events are online. So whatever you're comfortable with at this point, there's something.
1: Oh, this is a really funny one that I love. There's a virtual event called US Presidents, the breakdown and takedown. Like I just find that so obscure and hilarious. It's this woman who's obsessed with presidential history. And I think every month, she does a different president where she'll like, you, I don't know who goes. I just think it's really funny. And she'll talk about, she's read their biographies, autobiographies and anyway. So cool. That's cool. <laughs> Learn to knit. I mean, I run a documentary film club that's once a month. I run something called the anti-bias culture club where we read a book and watch a movie once a month. I run a book club. Again, I do a lot of like ice skating or hiking kind of things, but there's really everything. We have yoga, yoga, Wonder what that is. Something says new glass now at the Renwick Gallery. That's in real life. I should also say our site is really good, but has lots of improving to do. Like we're building and changing it every single day. So, like uh-huh. right now, the fact that I feel like we need to designate more clearly what's in real life and what's virtual. If you read okay. the description, you can figure it out. But those right. changes are coming. We yeah. also have an app, which is really great. And then we have all these groups on our platform. So you can not only create events and go to events, but you can start a group. Like we're starting the Grown-Ass Woman's Guide group, or right. we have like a dog mom's group, and there's a Wolfer group. There are all sorts of groups, yeah. depending on your group. I'm in the Peloton interest. group. Peloton <laughs> well. group. Um, here's like someone's playing categories virtually. There's just so much. Visit the yeah. Glenstone Museum, wherever that is. It's, it's really pretty incredible. And it's all women, all over 40, but very much up into... You know, we want women in their 60s, 70s, 80s. Really, the idea is kind of like a big, safe space platform for all women in the second half of life where you can kind of find your people. Like not every event or every group is going to be right for you.
0: And, you know, you may go to events and those people aren't necessarily your new best friends, but this is what I see. We all have these passions or these, at least these interests, right? I Mm -hmm. would love to paint at some point. Mm -hmm. I went to one of those wine and paint, things oh, once. Yeah. Fun. I'm terrible at it, but I would actually like to go and and maybe learn how to paint. And like what are some of the rules of painting? And then just do my own thing, right? But have other women around and you can chat and you can in, encourage each other. That's That'd be fun, something. That
1: would be a fun live event. That'd be a really fun now that COVID's yeah. ending, like I would love to do one of those too. And those are easy. Like those are honestly, the best part about our platform is creating an event. I don't know if you've done it yet, Jackie, but it's super easy. Oh, we have like a great, we have lesbian sex 101 coming up and lesbian dating events, but you go on and it's so like a painting event, you would literally go on. It takes three minutes. You go to pick one of those places, you enter it, you say in real life, you stick in the address, you say your maximum number of attendees. So if you only want four people to show up or 10 people to show up. And then people sign up, like you will yep. go that night and there will be people there. Like, it's awesome. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah. So like that, that whole idea that, oh, I,
0: I've always wanted to try this, but I have to show up by myself and it's, you know, I'm uneasy and I'm insecure yeah. or whatever. Like that, it like blows it out the window because now you've just got three people or 10 people or whatever it is who are in that they yeah. want to do that same thing. It's so cool to be able to just connect. And like I said, maybe bigger, greater friendships come out of it. And maybe not. Now, Nina and I aren't the only ones with opinions on making and keeping friends. I'll link to the conversation in the Grown Ass Women's Guide community, where there are a lot of thoughts on the topic. Lori says the best part of making friendships at this age is there's little to no talking about kids. "Quote: You're onto deeper and more conversations," and she adds that to go from acquaintance to true friendship requires four things: hikes, coffee, cocktails, and brunches.
1: Oh, I like that. Well, she's yeah. probably right. I mean, yeah. it does require time. And those are all things hikes, coffee, cocktails. I don't really do brunch, but the first three are all really fun things to do. And hiking with women is great. I organize these great hikes. I love on Revel, where I'm in New York. So we go upstate, like an hour. And yeah, I've had amazing conversations with women on those hikes. So I agree. Those are bonding and exercising. Like exercising online is also a really nice thing to do, I think.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Because I I think a lot of people want to exercise with other people and maybe they don't have hikes in their area or people in their area. The other thing she added was when we meet someone and feel a chemistry slash vibe, do not ignore that it's rare and needs to be built upon. Hmm. That's sweet. And so I think sometimes we meet someone, you know, and we're like, oh my gosh, she was amazing. Like, it's okay to say, Hey, would you like to hang out? Or maybe she's Nina and she's tired and busy. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that doesn't mean she doesn't really like you. We can still text.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. So Melanie and one other person brought it up. She says, it sounds like cliche, but I've discovered that my husband is truly my best friend. I want to talk about this without judgment. I've been married almost 20 years my husband is my person. He is editing this podcast episode. (laughs) He is, well, he's like one of the best editors I've ever worked with in my life. I find him sexier than ever. We are growing together. We are learning so much about each other still. And he's not my best friend.
1: Why? Why not?
0: (laughs) Because, and this is just language. He has this role, right? He has this importance in my life that of all the people in the world, I chose him to be my person, right? That's his. T- he is my husband. He he has that title. Yeah. But I love my friendships so much, and I get so much out of relationships with women that I reserve that best friend. I reserve that.
1: Yeah. For no, those I totally people. get that. I mean I I I understand both things. I mean obviously I him, your semantics, person, right? <laughs> yeah, it is semantics, right? Cuz your person is your person and there's so much intimacy there, but it's, it's just different from friendships. Yeah. I mean, uh, women are unique. We really are lucky that we can connect so much more easily to to so many people than men do. I agree with you. My friendships are everything to me. Yeah. And then Melissa was
0: talking about how she met her best friend when she was in her late 40s. And the thing she told her when they first met was that she's too old to start a quote best friendship because I think we, we think that, right. We think our lives are so full. We don't have any more room, but I go back to that whole open-mindedness, like not seeking it out necessarily, but being open to it.
1: You know, it just popped into my mind is that in the reboot of sex in the city, what's it called? And just like that. And just like that. Carrie makes a new best friend. Who would have expected that?
0: Using that show. It doesn't take away from her friendships with the other two. Not at all. Um, And I do like the fact that with Samantha not coming back, they do address how we grow apart and how it can be painful. And speaking of sex in the city, I'm sure you saw the post going around comparing their ages to that of the Golden Girls in season one. So who would you rather be friends with? The women from Sex in the City or the Golden Girls? Definitely the women from Sex in the City.
1: Really? Yes. I'm the opposite. You'd want to be friends with the Golden Girls. That's so interesting.
0: Quick side note. I asked in our grown-ass woman community, and I am not alone, 75 women said they'd prefer to be friends with the Golden Girls versus 16 who'd prefer to be friends with the ladies from Sex and the City. They're so smart and sassy and funny. And I feel like I appreciate so much seeing the new Sex and the City. It's not my favorite show, but seeing how they've evolved and seeing some of the topics that they're taking on, there's some interest there. But the Golden Girls were like, they just, they had ownership
1: of who they are. It is so funny. Maybe I never really watched enough. I totally liked it. And I've been watching the like Golden it. Girls lately. So. Uh, all right. So maybe I have to go back and watch it. Because my sense is like that, I, that they were fabulous and awesome, but that they seemed old. Like they seemed more like my grandmother. And yeah. I love my grandmother, but I don't really want to hang out with my grandmother and her friends. So even though they were like sassy and funny and really smart... It felt like they were of a different yeah. era. But I will go no, back and I watch mean, it. We should have a definitely. conversation and discuss it because that's an we interesting should. question. We should do an event. <laughs> that actually Talk is a that. funny conversation. And and truly, in my defense, I think I've only watched three episodes of Golden Girls in my whole life and probably it's been at least ten years. So I should go back and revisit this question.
0: You are completely missing out, Nina. Okay. All right. All right. I because, well, because but, and I'm one
1: of these people who is loving the new Sex in the City. I understand all the criticisms. I hated mm-hmm. the first episode. It was cringeworthy. But I am now, yeah. it's like sinking into a hot bath for me. Like, yeah. I am so glad those women are back. I want them to be on, like, every week for the rest of my life. <laughs> I, I just love them.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the first two episodes were hard to watch. Oh, my God. Um, that
1: scene where she's getting big to masturbate, I thought I was going <laughs> to die. I was like, this is so cringeworthy. But... Then I thought, okay, well, you know, it's good to like put out there how people have sex as they get older. I don't know. I forgave them for it in the end. In fact, I'm friendly here in Brooklyn with one of the writers in the show, Alyssa Zeritsky. And I keep meaning it's on my to-do list. I thought I would text her, email her and ask her if she would do an event on Revel. I don't know if she'll do it because of like rules about whatever, but I thought it'd be fun to get her to come on and just talk about the show and get us to ask questions.
0: yeah. When Nina and I first started talking Revel and all of the incredible features available to grown-ass women, I knew there was something there we needed to explore. While our Grown-Ass Woman Facebook group isn't going anywhere anytime soon, I want to have deeper conversations with you. I want to host and attend events, learn from each other, and support you in being the most badass, grown-ass woman you can be. Let's talk about our partnership because I am... Really, really excited about this. I am too. So if anyone's been paying attention to the show or my emails, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, right? And one of the reasons that I would say that is more on the love side is because I've been able to meet so many incredible women and I've met them where they already are. Because women are age, are spending a lot of time on Facebook. But I th- also think there are people out there who are trying to connect, who are trying to create friendships, who are Posting in groups or whatever, and and maybe no one is seeing it. I think that's completely true. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I just put my heart out there, and you know, it's it it didn't make the algorithm. And that's so, right. And I
1: have no idea who's even seeing it. Right? It always amazed me on Facebook. I don't know what you're seeing, and you don't know what I'm seeing. Like it's right. it's this machine that is. And also, what one of the things I hate about Facebook is the way it really is driving. You can see when there's a cantankerous thread, when there's dissension, the way it keeps feeding that to you, like it fuels dissent in a really ugly way. Um, And that's horrible. So that's going to be an interesting thing as we start to figure out our algorithm on Revel and what we're showing you and when. Like right now it's very straightforward. Like you're seeing the most commented on post at the top, and we're not fueling anything. It's interesting, our engineering team, they're mostly young in their 20s and 30s, and they're very concerned with Creating an ethical social platform, like it's really an issue at the company, which yeah. is fascinating. But yeah, the platform is amazing, and we're very excited to partner with you. And we want to bring in all sorts of interesting women's communities again to that point of like, there's room for all of us because I want to meet a fabulous brown ass woman, and I want to meet a woman in Delhi or Paris who you know is doing something cool and interesting that I can learn from. Right. And I have to say something I meant to say a little earlier is, I have a house out in East Hampton. And I just experimented. We just created a Revel group in East Hampton. And I've been using Nextdoor. I've been like posting a little on Nextdoor traffic to the Revel site. And it's working. And I'm really excited this summer for this idea that I'm going to have this community of women out in the Hamptons that I know I can call on for questions and advice. And like, what's the best restaurant and, you know, wherever to go to? Or like, there's something really special about the way we're creating these like little pockets that you can rely on. And like, if I want to be in the Hamptons and I want to like suddenly again, go for a hike, or I don't know, have a bunch of random women over for a drink because I'm feeling bored or create a bridge group, which which is something I want to do. I'll be able to do that out there and kind of know, I don't know. I just love it. I'm very excited about it. We all can create groups
0: around, you know, our location and get to know people that way and then create events and promote those events in the group. And I think that's amazing because there's so much out there at the same time, One of the things that attracted me to Revel was the fact that I can be intentional, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not automatically coming onto my phone. The app is awesome. And I love the website when I'm on my computer, but I I love using the app, but I'm very intentional with when I go on. I go on because I want to connect with the women in the Peloton group, or maybe there's a local group, or there's an event. I want to check out what events are happening this week. Right. I go on, I make connection. I decide what I'm going to do and then I go on with my
1: day. There's no right. it's not Pavlovian. You're not kind of being trained to check it right. every 3 seconds.
0: Yeah, right. No. There's no distraction, there's no anger. If you want to talk about politics, there's probably a group or an event for that. Like you're not going to be sort of blindsided. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about some topics here that might be polarizing for people, right? We're talking yeah. about sex, talking about other things that maybe they're not comfortable talking about. So don't join a group that has maybe topics that you don't want to discuss, or if there are topics you do want to discuss, maybe you can create a group, you know, and things you like that. It. So that's exactly I th- right. I think it's-, it's all the good parts of social media. And so that's really important to me as a community leader that, you know, some of the things I'll be doing is like a book club, but a pod club, right? The grown ass Women's guide pod club, where we choose a topic Maybe I bring in a guest speaker from the episode oh. and we talk further about that topic because I know for myself, I'll listen to an episode, a podcast episode, and I'm like yelling at my phone because I want to be part of the conversation. You want to engage. Yeah. 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 And so I want to create some of that conversation around the podcast and, and some of these topics. It's a great idea. That'll be super
1: popular. I love yes. that you use the word intentional. I don't know if if we'd talked about that before, but that's exactly what my experience was when what would Virginia Wolf do left Facebook and created the Wolfer app. Like the difference was this feeling of intentionality. It's exactly the word I always used. Also, you can belong to Revel and only belong to one group if you want, Like you could just belong to reading women writers and nothing else if that's what you want it for.
0: Another thing that we're going to do, you and I are going to do a live podcast episode once a month. I'm super excited for this, Jackie. Yes. Where we take questions, bring your dilemmas, bring your questions, your comments, your, we're just going to engage and bring our
1: questions, whatever they are, and we'll do our best to answer them.
0: We'll just bring our perspective to it. Like we're not necessarily experts in the area, in this area, but we're two women with a lot of experience and we thought it would be fun to engage in this way. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to be creating some in-person events. I'm north of LA. There are plenty of things to do that I've been really wanting to do. Like I want to try things like aerial yoga or. um, Oh my God, there
1: are great trapeze yoga classes in LA. In fact, that's where I've done it the most. And also you and I are maybe going to have a cannabis event in April when I'm there. That's right. It'll be really fun. That's right.
0: And so learning about cannabis, like I have learned so much from a link to a couple of episodes that I've done about cannabis and how women are using it for menopause symptoms, wellness, you know, fun. There are certain products that are helpful, and we're going to talk about that at the event. And moving into this intentional place of the Grown Ass Woman's Guide, it felt like a no-brainer that I wanted to partner with Revel in this way because the true connection happens when we're able to get together in a way that's not scrolling through something where, you know, you could be in 50 groups on Facebook and political and see your Uncle Charlie pissing you off and all of it. And so I also think, sometimes we get so fired up by other things on Facebook that we bring it into conversations in some of these groups in a state of being already perturbed, you know, and so agitated. When you go to Revel, you know, you're there to see what's happening, see how you can connect with with other women
1: and to connect Exactly. exactly. And to learn and to get information, but not, it's a very different vibe from Facebook for sure. It
0: is, it is. And so that's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm so happy that you're there and that you've invited me to be part of it.
1: We're delighted, Jackie. We can't, we're we're thrilled. It's going to be really Thank fun. You. I can't wait to do our podcast together. I think that's going to be really, really fun.
0: I am so excited to announce that Revel is the official event and community partner of the Grown Ass Woman's Guide. This is a safe space to talk many of the topics we discuss here on the show but also to get to know each other through events online and in person. I will link to the site in the show description. You can log in online or download their app or both. Just make sure when you do sign up, you choose the Grown Ass Woman's Guide in the referral dropdown, and then meet me in the Grown Ass Woman's Guide group. Let's be intentional and candid and grown ass together. I'm not looking to add another thing to your to-do list, but provide an opportunity to truly connect and enhance your life. Revel is free and so are all the events right now. Oh, and by the way, bring a friend. I would love to see you there. Until next time, remember, you are a grown-ass woman. Act accordingly.